day. I think you're about the same age I was, weren't you? Yes, that's what mum did. It's exactly true. I was, I was, uh, I was um, 11, that's right. And I would have been 12 in June. You, you're 11 now, aren't you? Yes. Yeah? Where were you living um, on V-Day? Where was I living? Uh, I was living with one of my aunties because my father was still... My father was a, a prisoner of war in a Japanese prison camp because we were at war with the Japanese as well. So my mother and I were sent to live with one of her sisters. So that, that's actually where we were, yes. Um, in my auntie's house. Did you have an air raid shelter there? Yes, there were two kinds of air raid shelters. If you had a garden, you had what was called an Anderson shelter, and uh, the government built them all for us, and they would, the council would come to your garden, they'd dig a big hole, big underground hole, and put little seats in it, and then they'd put like a tin roof over it, so you were in underground, and then you had this tin roof to protect you from, from the bombs. But if you didn't have a garden, if you only had a backyard, because some people didn't have gardens, they had backyards. And so in the backyards, they used to come and build brick shelters, little brick sheds, with great big, thick, thick, thick concrete roofs on them, so that, so that they'd be, be, be a bit protected from the bombs. So there were two kinds, that the Anderson shelter, and Anderson was the name who invented them, and the other one was the brick built shelter, if you didn't have a garden. Um, Jessie? Yes? What type of shelter did you have? What other was? Shelter. Shelter? Airways. Well, the, if, before they built the shelters, the only shelter you had, don't lie, the only shelter you had was to hide under the table. <gasps> or, if you had a cupboard under the stairs, you know, like some houses where the stairs go, there's a cupboard underneath where people keep their rooms and things like that. So you had that sitting there if you had one, or else you had to sit under the table. But that was but that was before they managed to build us all a proper shelter. So yeah. Ah, did you have to use the shelter? Oh yes, we often because they when the when the German bombers were coming over, searchlights used to see them and the siren used to go. You heard about the siren? Yeah. Yes. It's a really wailing, wailing, wailing noise. It's terrifying. And that meant that wherever you are, you had to, we were usually in bed, you know, where you had to get out of bed, get down to the shelter and stay there until what was called the all clear went. And we used to sit in the shelter and we used to hear the planes going over, the German planes going over because uh, I lived in York and we didn't get too many bombs but we had the bombs going over and they were going to bomb bomb the docks at, at Liverpool and, and Manchester so we hear them going over and then when they came back sometimes they'd have spares they'd drop them on us and that, when they came back the all clear would go meaning that, that was one continuous sound then not whoa, 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 just one continuous sound and that meant that you could come out of the shelter and it was safe to go home but we used to, um, <laughs> when we were in the shelter, it, it wasn't very nice, it was cold and horrible, but my auntie used to tell stories and everything. And it, 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 what we used to like was, if, if the all clear went, after midnight, 
you didn't have to go to school in the afternoon. And if it went after two o'clock in the morning, you had the whole day off. So we used to pray. <laughs> we used to pray that the all clear would go off after two and then we didn't have to go to school the next day. <laughs> so that was that. Wow. What did you have to eat um, during, the war. during the war? To eat? Oh, horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. Because, you see, there was no, no, everybody was short of food because the ships that brought the food from abroad to this country were all being torpedoed by U-boats. Have you heard of U-boats? Um, yes, for the German submarine. That's right, exactly. And these U-boats used to torpedo our supply ships to stop them, to starve us out, you see, to stop the food getting to us. So we had very, very little food. And we had what was called Russian books, and you had a book with coupons in it. And you're only allowed so much food a week. Very, very little. And our, our, our mums, you know, they're really good because they used to give, give most of their ration to us kids. And, and, you know, they didn't really get much to eat at all. So the food was absolutely horrible. I mean, we used to get horrible things like whale meat to eat and whale meat sausages. And, they, oh, God, they were disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And horrible um, powdered, powdered eggs. We didn't have any eggs. I suppose people in the country had eggs, but we didn't because we lived in the town and couldn't get any eggs. And you used to get this yellow powder and you had to mix it with water and pretend it was scrambled egg. But it, oh, it tasted horrible. It tasted like sawdust. It was disgusting. So, and of course, no sweets. No sweets ever. No chocolate ever. And so there were no sweet shops at all. You could, couldn't get sweets, couldn't get chocolate. And we used to go to the chemist and buy what were called little overteen tablets and they were like little aspirin tablets but they tasted of, of overteen and we used to buy those from the chemist and that's the nearest we got to sweets and there weren't any sweets to, to well after the war actually so yeah it was all a bit grim actually but never mind <laughs> you're very lucky you lot now aren't you i hope you realize you are very lucky yes you're very lucky children but there you go there you go <laughs> right now felix is coming up for another question did you know VE Day was coming. Well, we did. We did know because um, we used to listen to. We used to have what was called a wireless. Have you heard of a wireless? It was like it was what you call a radio now. Oh. But because there was no television, you know that, don't you? There was no television, no internet, <gasps> no you know, no social, nothing like that at all. We just had one. It's like a big piece of wooden furniture in the corner. It was huge, and it was called a wireless. <laughs> And you could sit round it and you would get what were called news bulletins, you know? And they would tell you um, how the war was going because our troops were gradually beating the Germans with the help of the Americans. And we were gradually driving them back because Hitler planned to conquer the whole of Europe, you see. He was going to have all of us. And he got as far, he got near to us because he conquered France, they surrendered to him, Belgium, Holland, Denmark, Norway. He conquered all those countries and then his troops took over and, you know, ruled the people there. And he got as far as the Channel Islands, you know where they are, don't you? Phoenix. And he he occupied those, his troops occupied those, and he was just about on the way to to invade us. And fortunately, again, with the help of the Americans, we managed to get our troops onto the Normandy beaches 
and drove them back. So we were just saved at the last minute. And then gradually from there, our troops managed to drive the Germans further and further and further back. And the Russians were on our side as well. They helped us to drive, drive the Germans away. The thing was, the Italians were on, on the Germans' side as well. So they, they were helping the Germans to defeat us. But they, they gave in, they capitulated. So, so that made it a bit easier. And just but yeah, we knew we knew it was coming, and, and um, it came. Actually, I think the actual announcement came at the night time, in the evening. It was announced by Winston Churchill. Have you heard of Winston Churchill? Yeah, yeah I have was, a. Pretty he was a great man, great great man, great leader, great brave man. He took us through the war, kept our spirits up, you know, and and he announced that the the Germans had officially surrendered, and had signed this um, agreement, and Hitler. The, the horrible Nazi man who was going to conquer all of us, he committed suicide because he knew it was all over, so he killed himself. And wow. um, So, yeah, and then, of course, all the celebrations started. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, did you say that the sirens rang out when they announced...? Um... Yes, they did. When they, when they announced it, they, they, they all clear sound, sounded all over, the Auckland meaning not just that on the Sunday or the peers. Yeah. So, so the church bells all rang, and um, people people came out into the streets and were shouting and cheering, and everybody put some Union Jacks out because we all had a flag in those days. Everybody put a Union Jack hanging out of their window, and then um, then the next after the next couple of days we all had um, what we call street parties. And we used to put, put the tables, people put the tables out into the, into the street or the road and made a big long table. And then all the children came out and sat round and we had a, we had a party. But we, I mean, there wasn't much to eat for the party really. We had we had jelly, I think I seem to remember, and spam sam or spam sandwiches. Spam S P A M was like tinned luncheon meat, and yet that wasn't very nice either. <laughs> And our mums managed to make a few cakes for us, so that was good. But um, yeah, it, it, it was fun, it was fun, and everybody was very happy. And in London, because we saw that at the, at the cinema on the newsreel, tens of thousands of people all gathered outside Buckingham Palace, cheering and shouting, we want the king, we want the king. Because, you see, it was a, it was a king in those days, not a queen. It was our queen's father. Who, who was the King of England. And so the royal family came out onto the balcony, you know, like they do, and, and waved to all the people, and they all cheered. And, yeah, it was, it was lovely. But I've got actually got a letter which all the children got from the King. Oh! It's 8th of June, 1946. And it, it says, it's from George Rex, whatever it is, that was King George. I send this message to you and all other boys and girls at school. For you have shared in the hardships and dangers of a total war, and you have shared no less in the triumph of the Allied nations. I know you will always feel proud to belong to a country which is capable of such supreme effort. Proud, too, of parents and brothers and sisters, elder brothers and sisters, who with their courage, endurance and enterprise brought victory. May these qualities be yours as you grow up and join in the common effort to establish among the nations of the world unity and peace. And I've still got that. That is... I don't know why, but I've kept it. Have you just read it from the original I've just letter? Read it, I've still got the original in my hand, yes. That is 
But oh, Jessie, that's just amazing. Thank yeah, you for digging yeah. that out. I mean, it's definitely used to you. But are you having any sort of exhibition or anything of all of this stuff? Well, they were going to, but this is why we're doing it over the phone with yeah, you, yeah, yeah. so that they can do something that everybody can listen to. Yes, but well, that's better, really. If it's just one piece of paper, then it's only going to get lost anyway, isn't it? But maybe we could get a photo of it or something, because... um. We're sending pictures to each other, or the school and the children are sending yeah. pictures to each yeah. other. Another lovely thing, because we all did straight during the war, um, you didn't, everything was blacked out, there were no street lights. Yes, of course. You, you, every house had to blackout curtains, so not a chink of daylight could be, ever, ever, a light could yes. be seen through them at night time. Because the Germans then would, could spot where the towns were and bomb them, so everything was completely black. It was caused a blackout, and they used to have wardens going around the streets. If, if you got a chink of light showing through, they'd knock on your door and tell you, you know, get get those yeah. curtains drawn. And that's one of the things everybody did with joy when it was all over was to take down those blackout curtains and put the lights on you know so could you literally do that as of VE day could you let the um well we did it sort of yeah straight away more oh, the next day and how brilliant the next day was declared a national holiday anyway for everybody yes um so that was one of the first things people did was to take down those awful blackout curtains and then the street lights went on again and yeah. Oh, it must have just been extraordinary after all that darkness, you it know, was, it, it locking was, yourselves it was in. Such a, oh, I don't know, like having the great weight lift. I mean, even, even for us kids, and we didn't, we weren't fully aware how awful it was. Yes. I mean, the, the people I really respect them I were, were our mothers, because most of them, they had husbands who were not there, you know, yes, the yes. forces. And, you know, they had to struggle through all of this pretty much. Very extraordinary times. Yes. Um, and can I? I was thinking earlier today, you know, about being, I being, be being the age that I was then. Yes. And I was thinking one day her grandchildren might say to her, "What do you remember about the coronavirus?" I know it's so true, isn't it? So yeah. So she may, she may well be quizzed on. Uh, yes, and heard of it, of course. In another 75 years, B might be being put on the spot to ask yeah, what yeah. she can remember because from... similarities there, aren't there, really? It's just... <laughs> and it, I just think it's amazing that you're... You were the age then that B is now. It kind of brings it home it even does. more. Yes, we would have been exactly the same age. Seven when it started and 12 near enough when it finished. Yeah. And can I, When I was speaking to you um, yesterday, you were talking about at school how it, you sort of had it marked on a map where yes, the soldier... Could you... Could you... Well, we had, um, could you we had air shelters in the school and um, in the shelters, it was the teachers who really set up these, like, um, paper mache maps of where, where the troops were, how far they'd advanced each day. And we used to put flags in, little flags sticking in how, how much progress they'd made in, in there, particularly in North, in North Africa because... We had to fight the Germans in North Africa as well, and it was a big campaign. Have you heard of Montgomery, General Montgomery? Um, no. Absolutely. No, well, he, he was a, a famous general 
in the eighth of the eighth army and it's the eighth army who conquered the germans in in africa and so we used to plot you know the progress of our, of our troops and it was it was it was like history it's real history happening you know that, that yeah same literally. Era, that same week it was it was all real it wasn't just you know from books no, you were literally seeing it happen. I thought that yeah. was interesting for the children to know what was going on at school and yeah, things and of like that. We, we used to have um, everybody had to know we all had to carry a gas mask. Gas masks, Felix. Jesse yeah. had to carry a gas mask. Cool. And did you have to practice putting them on or ever use yeah, them? That's right. We used to have gas mask drills to make sure they were working, and you had to put it, put it on. It was a hideous looking thing, and actually, with a big light long rubber thing on the end of it and gobbly eyes just put it right over your head and then we, we had to put a piece of toilet paper on the end and then breathe in and if the toilet paper stuck to the end of the mask it meant it was working properly but um, some, of the, some of the boys are really naughty with that in school they used to you know be naughty with it and chucking toilet paper about teachers must have got really cross but of course he was, when the men came home from the war they, they couldn't understand that we called eggs shower eggs, you know? They've got shower um. eggs. And, and they used to say, well, of course they've got sh- eggs have got shells. They didn't know that we lived on this yellow powder because we couldn't get any eggs. Yes, so for you, a shell egg was amazing. And to them, they hadn't yeah, come across this ghastly it, powdered yeah, stuff. Shell eggs. It was a big excitement, you know. If you heard that a shop had got shell eggs, you went rushing down to get them because they were so scarce. But... Um, the men coming home didn't. Obviously, they they had eggs, but they didn't understand that we lived on this awful yellow powdered. Yes. Stuff. And also milk. We had to have powdered milk as well. That was horrible. Oh, I didn't know that. We couldn't get proper milk. So it was all a bit gloomy, but never mind. How you be glad you have got all the lovely things that you have and enjoy your sweets and cakes, and but not yeah. too much. <laughs> yes, not yes. too much. Jesse, I I think you told me that. Um, it was a more unusual, not such an exciting day for you because your father, as you said at the beginning, was in Japan. So V Day was, how was it for you? It was well, a bit he different. Wasn't, he wasn't in Japan. Sorry. He was actually in uh, Thailand and uh, Burma, and then Thailand, because he was he was captured when they, our troops attempted to uh, take on Singapore, and the Japs were waiting for them. And they were all taken prisoner immediately and put into um, Japanese uh, camps and were treated abominably because the Japanese had no respect for prisoners of war because they had this belief that if, if it was a fate worse than death to be committed, to be captured as a prisoner. So they didn't um, surrender until September. So and then we had another day, which was called VJ Day, and that meant that that the Japanese had surrendered and we could celebrate the release of the prisoners of war, the ones that were left, because a lot of them just died because of, you know, the way they were treated. So so my father actually didn't come home until much later in the year. So, yeah. So v, VJ Day was the huge I think, release? I think it was around about September, so I'm not sure. I think around about September. Yes. It wasn't all that much later. 
But it was a. But you did. Obviously, you didn't feel the same sense of. Well, no, no, we didn't release. because we didn't know how long the Japanese were going to hold out. See? No. But, but actually, what brought that to an end? And um, people have got mixed feelings about it. But uh, it was the um, atom bomb that the Americans yes. dropped on Hiroshima. And they that, dropped an atom bomb. I know it's just extraordinary. I mean, when you look back and think yeah, about it, yeah, and that it. was just that killed sort of tens and tens of thousands of people. Um, so you know, innocent Japanese civilians, but it also killed in their thousands. And then they dropped another one on um, Nagasaki. Yes, and that brought the Japanese to heel, and and they surrendered. But it was a, a, a ghastly way of getting victory. Really, it really was. It was gone. Anyway, they surrendered and the troops were uh, released. And and I've got a letter. I'll read the letter that the, the king wrote to my to all the men. Oh yes, Jessie, that would be brilliant. It says Buckingham Palace at the top. It says the Queen and I bid you a very warm. This was to the men coming home. Bid you a very warm welcome home. Through all the great trials and sufferings which you have undergone at the hands of the Japanese, you and your comrades have been constantly in our thoughts. We know from the accounts we have already received how heavy those sufferings have been. We know also that those these have been endured by you with the highest courage. We mourn with you the deaths of so many of your gallant comrades. With all our hearts, we hope that your return from captivity will bring you and your families a full measure of happiness, which you may long enjoy together. George, Rex, whatever it means at the end, September... September 1945. So it wasn't that much longer. No, that was amazing. And yeah. That, that was your day, really. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And we were... Um, actually, we were, we were in London that day because we'd gone to visit some of my aunties, my uncle's relatives who were Londoners. And we went... I remember we were in. We were actually in London. And um, in those days, people in the offices, they had what's called ticker tape. Yes. You no, know, messages come through on long bits of tape. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and all the, the offices, were, there was ticker tape, like snow, falling everywhere. They all throw this ticker tape out of the window like snowfall. Oh, how brilliant. To celebrate the VJ Day, yes. I can remember that vividly. This was in I don't know, where one of the streets in London, and it was Oxford Street or where it was, but uh, yeah. How incredible. Yes, I remember that very vividly. Far yeah. more so because obviously it involved your father and being, I imagine being in London was quite a thing as well. Well, it was, especially for me, you know, for a child being in London was very, very, very exciting um, because we were staying with, actually, we, they were somewhere down in Broad Oak or somewhere where they lived. So we came up to London, God knows how, on the train, I suppose. And, um, yeah, and so we're actually in, in London on on, on on VJ Day, so... That was quite an experience, I remember that clearly. Amazing, isn't it, how that that stuck so vividly as a memory for you? Yes, yes. Oh, that's just brilliant, Jessie. But how amazing. Jessie, thank you so much. Children, can you say thank you to Jessie? Thank you, Jessie. My pleasure, both of you. It's lovely to talk to you.